0: i always say the first thing okay so today we're talking about wait what <laughs> what'd you say i asked you to introduce the episode and you only did half of the sentence and then you stopped talking
1: oh wait let me get my eye patch on one second
0: <laughs> see, it's funny for us right. because we just had the ipatch talk like 10 <laughs> minutes ago, but for the listeners can be like, ipatch, the hell are they talking about? <laughs> this is where we have to have a little asterisk
1: Well, the uh, ipatch episode will come out. What? it will have all that episode will have come out already so they should know the ipatch.
0: Shortcut. Yeah. Please see last episode for ipatch reference. All right, sweet. Let's launch into it. Um, mm-hmm. Do you want to start with color or sound design? Oh, you know what? I also saw the recent season of Mindhunter. Oh, I haven't even seen the first season. I hear it's amazing, though. It's great. It was very uh, intense. I mean, you haven't seen the first season, right? No, I haven't. I hear it's great, though.
1: It is, yeah. I mean, if you're into that kind of stuff. But I think a lot of people might like have a misconception of what the show actually is like. There's, there's not a lot of action in it. They're literally just like interviewing serial killers and they're having conversation with them. So it's not as like action packed as, as, um, people might see it to be. But it's, it's actually very, it's actors portraying slow. the serial killers, right? It's very accurate. Yeah. It's very accurate mm. yeah, to they, they do a very, very good job of like covering their, their tracks and making sure it's like as close as it could be. Okay. Um, but it's such an interesting show, um, and the reason I brought it up is, I remember I remember um, reading an article about like uh, David Fincher's process on how he goes through color correction, mm-hmm. and I've never seen a director be that specific about what he wanted, and I was like, that's exactly what I want to do. So why? What did he say? <laughs> I want to. Be... Well, he was just like, um, this colors was like he'll send a frame of something to, to Fincher and he'll be like, Oh, I want the I want the blacks at this level and I want you know the highlights to sit at this level and you gotta like do this and that and take out this and it's so specific. It's not like this like oh I just want it to feel nice. <laughs> it's like he's so clear about what he wants from that process. And I'm like that's exactly what I want. I want to be that specific Mm. if I have to work with a colorist. If not, I'll just do it myself.
0: I was going to say, do Um, you think you're ever going to work with a colorist?
1: Yeah, at some point, Yeah. you know, if you work on a project, that's just like too big to do on your own. You, you have to start hiring people. Mm. If I ever, you know, get privileged to work on a project where, where it's too big that I can't do it myself, which might be a good thing. Then I, I definitely would. Um,
0: and, and what kind of things did he yeah. say Like, so you said bring the blacks to here the color did he get more in depth than that
1: yeah I mean he'd give specific values like he'd actually give you number of values of what he wanted Wow. Um, for certain parts of the film and I was like that's like super technical yeah. for a director um, but I'm like that's exactly how I would want to talk to people I'm working I want to give them exactly what I want and I think that's it's different for everyone, obviously, but I'm a very technical person, and I like to have that kind of control over what I I want. Um, You know, he'd he'd get a screenshot of like a scene, or like a wide shot, and then he'd take like a a pen and like circle parts of the scene and and, like put a mask there and, and all this other stuff, and it was so specific, and I was like, you know, that's kind of how detailed i want to be
0: i think that's fincher as a whole too because you always hear like even with his actors like ed norton and brad pitt like really really high up guys he'll line read to them he'll be like say it exactly the way that i'm about to say it to you now whereas a lot of directors that's like a huge faux pas where they're like never even consider doing that right so i think he's that involved in every aspect of it i don't think i've ever heard
1: fincher giving a line reading to an actor really no, I remember. He, I actually specifically remember listening in, to an interview with an actor saying he's so meticulous about what he wants. Like he's, you know, he's so clear on what his vision is. But he's never given me a line reading or anything like that. Okay, I, think I heard someone say that.
0: Um, I'm gonna have to investigate but further. But I think there's a
1: reason. Yeah, he he's like he's actually very collaborative with actors and he, and he likes to to work with them and 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 get what he's going for that's why he does so many takes because he's trying to build the environment to get the best performance and he wants it to become so matter of fact and not not like so cerebral where they're thinking about it too much that's mm-hmm. why he does it that many times and stuff um but he's actually not like like a monster to work with he's very like detailed and he and he gets what he wants but he's also a very like chilled out person Mm -hmm. like uh, apparently actors have a lot of fun working with him i think that's why brad pitt works with him so much um i mean brad pitt seems like a very like chill like down-to-earth guy so i think if he hung out with david fincher a lot then they'd probably get along I think if you can't get along with Brad Pitt, you're probably an asshole.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty fair. Um,
1: I think there's a a distinction that, like, David Fincher comes off kind of like Sandy Kubrick, but I think David Fincher is not as, like, nuts. Um, <laughs> like, he's, he's apparently very nice to people he works with. Um, I haven't heard anyone say anything bad about him.
0: And that's good. You should always be nice to everyone. Um... Okay, so let's jump into this. Do you want to do sound design or color grading 1st
1: Oh I'll start with color.
0: It's yeah. I was
1: talking about Mindhunter.
0: Yeah, yeah, of course.
1: Yeah, like even before I went into into my color grade, I was I remember watching Mindhunter and be like, that's oh, so specific. You know, it, it was very controlled, and I wanted to have the same effect with the short film. I wanted it to be very controlled. I don't want it to look like Mindhunter. That would be such a weird <laughs> choice to to make. But what I did want is to have like a very uh, clear feeling to what the world would be and i remember when i did initial grade i just wanted everything to look nice so that's what i did and then when i looked at the film afterwards i'm like i don't know if this really like fits aesthetically of what the film should be because it looked beautiful and i was like i don't know if it should look beautiful all the time mm-hmm. so i started to like change the light sorry not the light change the color of the scenes and, and kind of like pull things back and And I got so detailed about, like, every little thing I saw in the frame. And eventually it it led to, like, a much more rich image in that it felt like it it completely fit the aesthetic of the movie. Because, you know, there's certain scenes that happen in kind of, like, industrial areas. Like, in in the outskirts of the city. And it had originally, like, a very warm, nice feeling to it. And, like, it doesn't really complement the place we're in, because it's kind of a dingy, shitty place. So... You know I would like readjust the color and and take away like tones in this and and adjust like green to look a certain way and, and cool everything down and, and pull back on any like bright colors and I completely changed the, the tone of the scene whereas like if I did it the other way and I just wanted it to look nice and cinematic it would have worked fine but would have taken away the kind of atmosphere of that space we were in and I think even with the color that was such an important thing is like looking at like the environment what's present in the scene what colors are already there and how you can really you know just like go that extra little bit to get exactly what you want. And there's so many scenes in the film where I did all these little masks and and like isolated areas and, and did little treatments on different sections. That was kind of inspired by seeing how meticulous Fincher was with Mindhunter. How he like put masks and little things on all these sections just to get exactly how I wanted and I thought if I'm making this movie and you know I've shot the film all the frames every every like image you see is is something that I composed and had to light and in the color process I just blanket it with like a cinematic look it would have been complete bullshit it would have thrown everything that I worked for out the window so I should be as meticulous in the color grade because now no one's pressuring me. I have all the time in the world to do this. So like I put masks on everything and and like, finally like looked at all the, all the pieces in the image until I got exactly what I wanted. I was super like meticulous about getting exactly what I wanted. And I think overall, like when you look at the final thing, it, it's hard to see that because it just all looks very easy to watch. But I think that's the trick. It, it's so natural that you can't even tell. Um, but it's so fine finely detailed and I think that was just kind of a a thing that I've never done before where I went so into it that it was it took me longer to grade just because I I got so detailed about everything but it was a good process
0: You know what you should definitely do is take a, a still image of your first grade and your final color and put them side by side so people could see how would you describe them if they were side by side? Well,
1: the easy thing to do with color grade is to kind of adjust when you adjust the image, you do adjust because like when when you're grading something, you're adjusting the image, but a lot of the times like the easy thing to do is to just adjust the whole thing. But for me it was more like I needed to start with a baseline so what I would do is like adjust the contrast and the exposures of, of every shot and then from there like change the color temperature and all that kind of stuff and you do that for every shot but with this one I thought I can't just do that simple kind of grade. I need to get very like into it so I, I got into it to the point that like when you looked at the at the image like it, it was so hard to just get there with like a general grade whereas the first grade I did in the film it was it was very general you'd look at the whole thing and it would look you know nice but everything looked kind of like it just had like a filter thrown on it that was kind of the the look and i was like i, I need to like go through every point of it until like it's almost like it there isn't a color grade on it it just looks exactly like as as it should um, and I think that was the difference Like one looks like it was created to have a look and the other one looks like it just looks like what it does and I was like that's kind of what I want I don't want the grade to be distracting I don't want people to be like oh it's so beautiful um, even though that's not a bad thing I didn't want people to think about how nice it looked I wanted it just to look like what it did
0: I guess that comes down to like just tone of the movie too where you kind of know in your head like I want it to feel like X and if you want it to feel very real and kind of industrial you'll know when you get there compared to you know like you said something that would be graded more beautifully for you know if that's how like, you'd want that to feel
1: yeah but it's so hard to to make that choice sometimes <laughs> because when you're looking at it and you're like oh it looks so good you're just happy with it and you just go with it but then when you have to do the hard thing and be like, no, it needs to not look so beautiful, and it needs to look more grounded, then that's a difficult choice because the beautiful thing will always be more appealing to everyone. <laughs> and and people are, people are gonna be like, oh, that beautiful thing looks great, why don't you do that? But then when you go with the less beautiful thing but the more appropriate thing, it's more challenging. But I remember when I showed it to someone, you know, the grade that looked more, you know, pleasing looked a little distracting. And the grade that was more grounded was like, oh, that looks that looks right. And I think that was an appropriate way to to describe it.
0: Yeah. And I think at the end um, of the day, the day, that's all that matters, right?
1: Yeah, for sure. It's just a difficult. Uh, it's uh It's a more time consuming road to go that way, <laughs> mm-hmm. because you have to now do that with every scene and every shot. You need to become so specific and I found like the beautiful grade was just kind of an easy thing to do and then with the very specific like look that I was going for you had to do so much more work for every shot but in the end I think it's just a little more beneficial for the movie even though it's harder
0: well that's a good thing man and I think you made the right call because like like we were saying that's what you wanted that's the tone you should get you made the right call I haven't even seen it and I know you made the right call
1: you see it, you're like, you made the wrong call, man. Go back to the beautiful grave.
0: Chief, this <laughs> looks like total bullshit.
1: <laughs> I'm like, good, that's that's what the film needs. It needs to feel like bullshit. It's
0: actually called the bullshit filter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's got an eye patch on
0: it. So me talk about the next topic. Yeah, sounds good. So, what was it about making the short that made you? think we should revisit sound design well i just
1: i just got the first mix of of the short and i was just thinking about where it is and where i want to bring it um because right now the first mix sounds very good everything sounds very audible all the dialogue is clear um you know it's come to life a little more and i'm very happy with that but now i'm thinking about well there's certain things i know i wanted from the beginning and there's certain things i want to try now um that i think would be interesting and it's very much about like nailing the the feeling you're going for because like there's already been music added to the film and now with sound design you're just filling in those spaces that you feel like you could amplify it a little more with some you know interesting ideas and i, I had these ideas from from the jump I knew I wanted to do, like, certain things. But it was just about, like, seeing the first, uh, hearing the first mix done on the film and getting that, like, okay, this is, like, good. Because when you send the mix out to the person and you have all that rough audio, it always sounds like shit.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) And it's always awful. When you hear it for the first time, even with, like, a rough mix, it's like, oh, that's so much better. So when you hear that for the first time, you're kind of like, okay, now we have, like, ground zero now we can only like get better from here um so I'm at that phase now where like I've heard the first mix I'm like okay this sounds good everything is clear I'm not like worried about anything but now the real work has that but now we like actually
0: create the world and what kind of stuff like can you share any ideas of like the sounds that you're going for to create this world yeah like
1: a lot of a lot of like where where the film takes place is like in kind of seedy areas in the city that aren't very pleasant or that aren't you know habited by a lot of people so to me i'm always like thinking about like what what does the place sound like like 50 feet or 100 feet away like what could be over there And adding these elements in, because when we actually record, there could be nothing like 100 feet away. Mm -hmm. But in my head, I'm like, well, we have to create a space. I want people to think about what's like 100 feet away just because of like a sound you hear. So how do we create that? So like in in this industrial area, part of me is thinking maybe like a block down, like this giant machine. And all it does is just churn cement. Now, what would that sound like 100, you know, Mm -hmm. like two blocks away? So let's create that and add that into the mix. And then maybe we're like under a highway. Um, and there's like a, a overpass like 50 feet this way. So let's add like an overpass with just cars rumbling over it, like over there. And then adding those elements and, and, and creating like the soundscape for the world. And like what does that tell you and, and what does that create? Because like those things didn't exist when we shot it. But now you have the choice of adding those things in and making the world come to life. Because um, you could just like not do those things and then no one would notice. But when you add them, I think no one will notice because it sounds so natural. Mm-hmm. But it actually does subsonically create a world for you that, that you're kind of putting together. And I think it's such an important part of the process. Because you can miss these things and just like when you get to ground zero and everything sounds good you're like okay cool we have, a, we have a sound mix but if you don't take that extra time to think about all those things and and get really into the world of like what's around this world what can we hear it doesn't uh, do the film justice
0: So when you think of these things where you're like what would it sound like when a cement mixer is two blocks away are you writing all these things down specifically? Are you just giving them to the sound designer? Are you getting these sounds yourself? What's the route you're taking?
1: Well some of them some of these sounds I'm adding already like myself in the edit. I want to get it as as close as to what I'm thinking so you know I'll add little sounds and add like you know maybe an atmosphere or something like that if if i feel like it's warranted Um, and then once i'm kind of happy with what i've created i I pass it off to the you know sound designer and, and they'll do their work and then when i when i hear what they've created and and like kind of what they put together and these a lot of these positions are, are mixed into one because the person doing my um post sound work is just one person, so they're kind of doing everything. So I might be kind of like bundling a bunch of jobs into one person, but you know they're doing pretty much all the sound design and adding like ambiences and all that other stuff. But generally, they like they added a few things that I didn't think of that that I thought was really interesting. Um, but then from there I'm getting new ideas about like oh maybe we can do this and this based off like something they tried um but there are some things that I'm like well I don't think that that works or I don't think that's believable um but like it to me that's like the best part of the collaboration like you hear something they've tried and then now you elaborate on that and build more and go further it's just like the, the natural progression for me. Um, I think it's different with different departments, but to me, the sound design process is like the most interesting where you hear one thing and it kind of leads you to a different world and creating like the appropriate space and, and place for that. Um, it's not always easy to just do it on your own, so when you hear someone's ideas, you can kind of riff off of that and create create the soundscape for every location and every every space you're in.
0: Yeah, I mean, all of that sounds very, very appropriate, especially like the amount of forethought that goes into that. Was that something that you had from the script or was it when you started seeing the put-together project, you're like, okay, now let's start thinking of this?
1: I mean, a lot of the little details came in the in the script stage like there are a lot of sounds that I wrote into it but the stuff that's more like in the distance and the ambient surrounding sounds that wasn't like stuff I was thinking about when I was writing it a lot of that stuff is added after the fact some of it in editing and then some of it like even later um in the process after picture lock um but uh, the most like immediate stuff that's written into the script is like sounds you hear that are you know things actors would will do or that an actor might do off screen that you hear so those little things are kind of like the things I've written in but any anything that's like you know that cement mixer idea or like traffic like in the distance that's stuff that that's being added later on not stuff that I've written into the script because I think that kind of falls into that that job too Um, because it's important for you know any writer to to add any audio cues and things that they think are interesting into the script but i think it would be impossible to write like in every scene what the ambient soundscape would be Mm -hmm. so a lot of that will come in the post process
0: and how much of it is refinement for you or is it like here's the first pass add these su- sounds in then we're done or is it you get a draft uh, a draft of the sound back and then you're like oh maybe cool to hear this and you keep going over and over it again
1: well i'm kind of like super take us about that specifically i think that's one thing where if it isn't right then i'll go nuts <laughs> sound is like you know the sound of like a key jingling or the sound of like you know Like a tin can hitting the floor Mm -hmm. or like a box falling over to me i need to buy it like sonically i need to be like yeah that's what that would sound like if it doesn't sound like what i what i think it would or if i don't buy the sound that's there then like we got to change it we got to go over it or or refine it or something because like i'm not gonna buy any sound that i don't believe um and if i don't buy it i feel like someone someone out there might be like yeah i don't buy that sound um, and I think that's like kind of, you know, the, the magic of, you know, sometimes people say the magic of editing is you don't really see it. I don't necessarily think that's true. I might've said it on the podcast, but I'm like, well, even when you screen, you know what we don't say at your place, mm. I remember there's some edits where like I would just cut to black or something like that. And someone would be like, yeah, that was a great edit. I was like, well, you saw the edit. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was sound design when it's done really well. You don't really notice it. You just kind of feel it. And I think that's what's really true. And it feels appropriate. So to me, like, it's about making sounds and putting them into the world where you don't really notice them, but they feel so right. Uh, So for me, that's such an important process. I'll get, like, a first pass of, like, you know, the sounds and all that stuff. And then I'll be like, that... You know, that seatbelt doesn't sound quite right. That Those keys aren't quite there. You know, the the footsteps are a little off there. Um, all those little things. And if it's not off, sometimes it might just be like, it's too loud here or too quiet here. Um, so I, I do get very specific about these things, but it's just because of, you know, my taste.
0: Yeah, And passion. Do you have any other last words on sound design I got to wrap things up on my end so maybe we'll save the film festival one for next week but just to wrap it up do you have any other final nuggets of sound um, wisdom? Well,
1: I guess just really think about it before you before you finish the process I think a lot of people will be very happy with a clean mix but then they don't do the, the extra work to think about you know what that world really like feels like sometimes the best thing um there's a lot of like old composers who who think that like non like stuff that's not music is very musical as well i think there's a truth to that and even just going for a walk in the city or like going on the train and and not listening to any music or anything and just walking in these places it'll kind of mentally give you an idea of what sounds are present in the world anyways. So that might be a good way to to even start your your journey into that part of the process. I agree. Go for a walk. I agree.
0: Alright. Well, until next week and another eye patch. I'm Matt Ralston. I'm a thief. And this has been Filmcraft. What when are people gonna be able to see your movie, by the way? Well you'll you'll probably see a cut pretty soon. I think I'll we'll probably be able
1: to send you a link, but I remember, I think I said, nah, I'm not going to make a trailer for this, but I might make like a tiny, tiny teaser, because I have a feeling that it's not going to be online immediately, so
0: that might be actually, might actually be a good idea to to make a little teaser. All right, man, well, I'm excited to see it. I'm sure the listeners are too, and yeah, we'll be giving them more updates. Podcasts brought to you by Pippa.io, it's P-I-P-P-A.io, podcast hosting service, It's cheap and Awesome. Bam. All right. Until next week.